and welcome to episode 193 of the NFL Scotland podcast. We are getting ready for our summer hiatus, but before that, my name is Cameron Hawks. And my name is Paul Mitchell. Yes, summer break on the horizon before we get things going again with the new season. A little look at the news, a little look back at some of the highlights, and we'll basically do what we always do and see where the conversation takes us. Yep, and it's just the two of us today as we're obviously getting ready to take a break for the summer. Obviously, things being a little bit quieter. We've talked about it on this podcast already. There's been a lot going on in life. Therefore, we've not had quite the same opportunity to sit down and have a good old blether. But we wanted to do at least one more before we we take a break for a couple of weeks uh, and fully relax. And uh, Mr. Mitchell, you're away to enjoy some American sport, I believe, at some point. Indeed I am. I'm off to see my beloved Tampa Bay Rays and off to see Orlando City quite soon as well. So quite looking forward to that. And then Cameron, I'm off to Birmingham for the Commonwealth Games, uh, working down there for that. So it's going to be a busy few weeks, but I'm really looking forward to it all. Well, I'm going nowhere, but you know what? Life is such that it's so busy right now. I've got no time anyway. Um, I think I'm going to Sterling Albion versus Aberdeen in the the, the League Cup. The, you know, the dizzy heights. Stop Stop trying to make me jealous, okay? Stop it. It's not fair. You can, you can keep your tamper. You can keep it. Right. Um, couple of news items. This is obviously the time of year where we always joke about some of the storylines going on. There's not a massive amount out there right now, but there's a few things catching your eye, Paul. Yeah, you know me, I, I, the, the summer tropes always get me. So you're always going to get that this new coach is, is going to make the difference and this team is the sleeper team. Now, it might turn out to be true, Cameron. You know, Kevin O'Connor with the Vikings, a, a draft pick in 2008, back up most of his career, Played under or was in the organisation with Bill Belichick, with Rex Ryan. Very impressive. Coached with the Browns, San Francisco, Washington. And now he's landed at the Vikes. And there's a lot of hype starting to brew on the Vikings. Now, the Vikings' problem is usually the fact they've got Green Bay in their division and don't always get past them. You know, they, but they have got capabilities. So while it's a slight trope, it's a story, I have to say, camera that interests me. It's a guy getting a chance to make an impact. And what we've seen over the years, and certainly since we started this podcast, it's probably been more, is the number of coaches that go one and done is increasing. So your first year now, you have really got to make an impact. But I think he's got, he's got a possible chance to do that. So I think that's a positive trope. The negative trope is we've not had a snap of, never mind preseason, we've not had a snap of training camp, really. And Rashawn Gaddy has already been tipped as Defensive Player of the Year. Now, <laughs> come on. <laughs> it's just like, yes, he might be. But the, this one I checked when I read this story was still June. So can we just, uh, you know hud back a little bit, as somebody might say, and, and and bring it across. The other story that, that really got me was Sean McVeigh has come out in a podcast, not ours, it has to be said, and he said that he could have handled the communication with Jared Goff better. Two comments on that. One, no shit. And two, really? You expect us to, to fall for this mea culpa nonsense? You couldn't wait to get him out the door. It was poorly handled and I think Jared Goff has every right, if he wants to hold a grudge, to hold a grudge. So that, that that's the sort of stories before we touch on the three days in Delaware in a moment. What's caught your eye? Uh, th- th- not a lot, genuinely. I think this is the point where we get the, the social media content. Incidentally, I just had a look there to see where Rashawn Gary ranked in the odds 
you know, obviously you do get early season. Aussie's not even named on the list. So that's uh, <laughs> that's how much he's got my back in on that one. Um, obviously, this is the time where you're starting to see things move along. There's a lot of the off, off the field controversial stuff. There's the ongoing stuff in Washington, the deposition by the, the NFL commissioner and some of the nonsense that was going on with that. Just cringeworthy some of it. I, uh, I'm not getting to the details, but just... Uh, um, this is where a lot of that stuff gets sorted out. The other sort of thing that happens right now is you get all of these conversations, you know, what's the best wide receiver tight end duo in the NFL? And a lot of people arguing, some people trying to tell us um, that Bateman and Andrews are better than um, Adams and Darren Weller. You know, it's just kind of like, what are you talking about? So uh, that one's a sleep, uh, cheap shot at um, Gordon as well, of course. But... <laughs> There's that narrative, uh, Terry McLaurin signed his contract, so we're getting loads of contract news, knock-on effects, DK Metcalf still not got his contract, obviously Depot Samuel still to get his, are they going to stay, are they not going to sign, are they going to look to go elsewhere? There's that kind of transfer deadline type content that is going to set up what this season looks like ahead for a couple of these teams. But, you know, you saw Russell Wilson was in London signing some caps, lots of hype about the big crowd following them around, and it feels like a cheap shot, but it looked like there was about 20 folk. Honestly, Paul, I've seen you draw a bigger crowd when you walked down Princess Street, so, uh, you know, I don't think it was anything that, that exciting, but still great to see the continuation of players coming over here. Uh, obviously, the NFL UK did a couple of events in Manchester and London with the Jags. We'd love to see them back up here in Scotland. These things well attended. Always great to see players coming over. That's something that we hope to help um, deliver to the NFL Scotland fans uh, in the coming months and looking ahead. So lots of the sort of narrative. But yeah, it's this is the kind of lull before we really get into things. You know, the, the, the pre-season training truly starts... Uh, and we move forward from there. The only, the only other thing that I would mention is Alex Kappa was spotted in Edinburgh by yeah. uh, one-time guest of the show. I think Angus Coots we had, I think he was about, it must have been about the third or fourth guest we had on the show. He might even have been in episode two. I, I can't remember. But Angus, great uh, Eagles fan. We had him on again uh, to chat about that Eagles win at one point. But he is a tour guide in Edinburgh. Uh, and Alex Kappa was on his tour. He'd been making jokes about the fact that this guy looked like a lineman, and lo and behold, he was. <laughs> so I think Alex Kappa even turned up. So Al, uh, Angus's other job is as a stand-up, so you should check him out. But uh, Alex Kappa even turned up to his show, and then they arm-wrestled on stage. So there's footage out there, we did retweet it. Brilliant to see uh, American football players coming to Scotland. Long may that continue. Unfortunately, we didn't quite get to catch him for a word before he had to move on as to the next leg of his journey. But we're always on the lookout. So, yeah, there you go. Yeah, tremendous. Cam Jordan, uh, the Saints, was in London and watching Wimbledon. Um, so nice to see you doing a little piece with that. I think we've got to touch on this, and I've trailed it. Three Days in Delaware is not my new album. Um, that's what Deshaun Watson has just spent in front of a former judge who's been brought in by the NFL. And we're expecting a ruling Cameron before the 26th of July. And I think this is... We're not going to touch on the merits of the case or, you know, defence, prosecution, etc. We're looking here at the outcome and will he get binned for a year or not? Because it has a knock-on effect to the Browns because if he does get binned for a year, do you say, oh, Baker, by the way, the, the gig's yours for another year? I mean, th this is 
This is horrendous uh, From if you're a Cleveland Browns fan. I mean, it's horrendous in so many different ways, but we're just going to talk about the football. You have got a starting quarterback who potentially could get you to the Super Bowl. You've gone for another one. That's fine. These things happen. But Baker's still in the building, and you don't know if the guy that you've got is going to be able to play. Um, I don't want to swear for the second time in the programme, but the proverbial is shit show. And that's what it is in Cleveland right now. You know, do Seattle pull the trigger and try and get Baker there? Do Carolina try and do it? I'd love to know what Baker Mayfield is thinking. Um, He's a rich man. I mean, that, that's the bottom line. You know, he's a rich man. All these progressive commercials that we see on, on NFL Red Zone, and, or not Red Zone, I beg your pardon, the coverage that we see on the app and things like that. So 20 of 24 cases have been settled. Uh, two grand juries declined to take it further, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All of that has now been argued. But really, by the 26th of July, we'll know one way or the other. And I think it's significant from the point of view that if he is allowed to play, I think there's going to be uproar. If he's not allowed to play, I still think there'll be uproar. And poor old Baker Mayfield's sitting in the background and they don't know what to do with him. Yeah. And and Baker in demand, potentially. You know, Seattle are looking for someone at quarterback. You look at what they've got. Obviously, they've got Drew Locke as part of that trade with Russell Wilson. You can't think he's a long-term option. Geno Smith, I don't think, is a long-term option. The Seahawks can't be thinking that. Is Baker Mayfield a long-term option? I'm not even that sure that you would throw that much at the Browns from a trade point of view to get them. The Carolina Panthers are apparently also in the market for a quarterback. So if Baker doesn't end up in Seattle, maybe he ends up in Carolina. Again, is Baker really that much of an upgrade on Sam Darnold? Uh, he is, based on what we've yeah. seen of him, right? But is he that much, given what they've just given as part of a trade to get Darnold last year? Is it time to move on already? I, who knows? So for Baker Mayfield, you definitely think he's good enough to be a player somewhere. For the Browns, they'll want to not have burnt that bridge, but I wonder whether it's already burnt. I wonder whether it's already gone. Um, and whether Baker now, almost from a point of view of pride, can't go back. You know, he doesn't want to be the, oh, well, the guy that we went and got to replace you is going to be banned for the year. So Baker, go and come back and play for us. If I'm Baker, I'm like, two fingers up. No, thanks, lad. See you later. Uh, you had your chance and you walked away from me. So I'm not coming back because your new guy is sitting on the bench because of his off the field actions. Then I don't want to touch that. You know, and even then, Deshaun Watson, he could face an indefinite suspension. It's one of those ones where it could be a year. It could be one of these indefinite ones where they review it and it, the, it could well depend on the outcome of the other cases that haven't settled. There are stories now that potentially the, the Houston Texans might be facing legal action in some of this as well. So it's a mess that is continuing. Um, and the Browns have kind of, this is, they knew this was going on. This can't come as a surprise to them, right? So it's, it's, it's going to drag on. The NFL won't want it to, but I think it will. Um, if I'm the Browns, this season, who knows what's coming up? And the thing is, as well, as a lot of the, they've got a great squad. They've got a really good team that's set up for success. Twelve months down the line, are they still going to be able to retain every single part of those elements? Who knows? So you know, you've got to ask questions for the future. Even as well, if Watson sits for another year, that's two years he's not played football for. That's a long time. Yeah. That's a lot of cobwebs to blow off in only a couple of preseason games before you want to get into things. So, you know, definitely a, a lot going on in that space. And it will continue to dominate the headlines until the preseason starts. And then everyone starts getting injured again. And that's what the new headlines are going to be, right? So, um, yeah, we'll continue to watch that one. But 
Uh, just yeah, it's just dragged on for so much. If spots and maybes, reports, contradictions, it's just not a great look. It's not, and and they've basically, I mean, Baker Mayfield is worth a bag of beans to Cleveland. I mean, they, they've devalued him completely. You know, who's nobody's going to give up a high draft pick for him. They, you know, they know that. If, if Watson is cleared to play or even misses four games or something like that, then, you know, Baker Mayfield's stock is so devalued and they need him out of the building. So it's just going to be make us a cheeky offer and we'll see what, what we can get. But that link's interesting, camera, And then, to, you know, what, one of the other tropes we often get this time of year, but actually I think it's an interesting one, is boomer bust. You know, who's basically on the cusp for next year in terms of quarterback play? Tua in Miami, I think they're going to have to make a decision on him. Uh, Daniel Jones in New York, I actually think he'll come through this year. But again, if he doesn't, I think he's done there. It's a big year for Jalen Hurts in the Eagles, uh, because if he can prove he can do it. And whether he does or whether he doesn't, he's been doing a lot of work in the community this year. And I think that's that's interesting. I would add to that list Drew Locke, if he gets a chance to start in Seattle. Because again, I think you'll get you know, one year maximum to prove that you can do it. And possibly the most vulnerable of them all, and it's not his fault, is David Mills in Houston. He was in a position that he didn't expect to be. He played okay towards the tail end, but, you know, if he he can't produce, and let's be honest, it doesn't look like a roster you're going to produce with, uh, then you're looking potentially at the Texans going one, two or three, and therefore taking a quarterback in next year's draft. So I think it's a big year for some of these guys. I, I think it's really interesting as well because the, the Davis Mills situation, if I'm Davis Mills or Andrew Locke, right, I'd rather be Davis Mills. I think that he had more upside than people anticipated last year. And I think that's why he's getting to go again this time. I also think that people still don't have high expectations for him at all. They've seen him as the filler guy to do until the Texans can find their quarterback. He's kind of got nothing to lose and he's not got any level of expectation. Drew Locke probably doesn't carry much expectations either, but he will forever be the quarterback that was in the trade that moved Russell Wilson out of Seattle and into Denver. And therefore you're going to continually have that, oh, he's the guy that we gave up Russell Wilson for. Now you didn't give him up for... Drew Locke, he was the package. However, there's a comparison there that means that you've got a level of expectation. Also, he's competing now with Geno Smith to win out the number one job. If Drew Locke can't beat Geno Smith to the number one job in Seattle, what does it say for the future Drew Locke? This is this is potentially him at the point where Seattle could be his last job in the NFL, potentially. Um, whereas I think Davis Mills has got the opportunity to show that, fine, if he's not a number one, he's got more than enough about him to be a solid number two and go on and be someone who can continue to grow and potentially step into a team somewhere down the line. Um, of the two, I think I would rather be him. Um, obviously, the Daniel Jones one in New York is fascinating. We will be keeping an extra close eye on New York this year with two Scotsmen in the, in the kicking room. And I think that there's a number of questions. Hopefully the Giants do take a big step forward. Daniel Jones is going to be a key part of that. And this is the season where they decide, simple as that. He needs to show he's the man. And if he is, I'm sure the contracts will pay him in a deserving manner. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But he's got a lot to prove, right? He's got a lot to prove. They've stuttered. They've not got going. There's been injuries. There's been problems. It's not all on him by any stretch of the imagination but he's definitely running out of time and there's a lot of pressure on him. So I think even off the three, the most pressure's on Jones 
Then it's Drew Locke in a difficult one. Again, I think Davis Mills has got nothing to lose and he can hopefully go out there and play as such and maybe show the Texans and some other teams he's a guy that's worth having around in the NFL for a while. Yeah, and just to touch on two, finally, I think that's a winnable division. I mean, I know the Bills are good. Don't get me wrong, the Bills are good. And the Patriots are always the Patriots. But Miami have got a lot of pieces. Um, I mean, they obviously, you know, during the summer, potentially, did would Sean Payton go there with Tom Brady, which would have been utter box office. I don't think there's any doubt. But I still think there's a lot of parts there. Um, what, what's undermined Miami over the years has been the dysfunction, usually, at the, at the head coach level. Um so it's really interesting down there. There's a lot of interesting stories. And I think these are the stories, because I have to say, as soon as somebody says, do you think these two people are better than these two people? It's usually click and find something else, you know, because it's it's not a debate I particularly, I particularly enjoy. But yeah, things are starting to just slowly build back up. And as I say, probably the last week in July, once we know what's happening with Deshaun Watson, once, you know, a few things have settled down, I think that's where we'll start to see the real stories and not just linking Rashawn Gary to be defensive player of the year when he's not even on your list. So, Indeed, indeed. The one thing I'll say about two as well that I think should be interesting that might save two is Mike McDaniel. And I think that if you look at what's been going on in San Francisco, Jimmy Garoppolo has got a lot of flaws as a quarterback. However, they set up the scheme in such a way that they could progress with Jimmy as the quarterback. You look at the other quarterbacks in the, the postseason and Jimmy would be at the bottom of the list for most of those. However, he's in some of the conversations purely because of the way that they're set up and what they can do or what they've done in San Francisco is they've maximized the team to Jimmy's skill set. So Mike McDaniel's got to find a way to do that with Tua in Miami. And if he can do it, he can get the best out of Tua because he's got a solid skill set there. And if he can paper over the cracks enough, Tua's lifespan might be extended slightly, certainly to the point where even if it doesn't work out for him in Miami, someone else will go, well, we'll take a risk. We'll roll the dice here because we've seen things out of the scheme that say he's worth developing, continuing to progress. Let's set up our team in a way that Tua can thrive and we can have a successful setup. So I, I think it's really fascinating. But for Tua to step forward, it's on Tua. I do think it's on Mike McDaniel as well. It's very good. Tua steps forward, Tua steps back. I like that. <laughs> And, of course, just to finish on a Floridian note, um, the Blake Bortles jerseys now should be down to about $10 in the shop, so it should be a one up for each of us. Uh, something to look forward to. Something to look forward to. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, we're just about to break up for the summer, Paul. Um, and I think we've done 193 episodes, including this one. Actually, it's 195 because we did two specials in there. And I think, you know, we're, we're hoping to go away over the next couple of weeks and we're going to continue to work behind the scenes to, to freshen things up, to move things forward, to, to level up ahead of our fourth season uh, covering the NFL from a Scottish point of view. But if we look back, we've had some great episodes and some great guests in the 193 plus two special episodes. So what for you has been your headlines and highlights? You know, I was thinking back on this camera. One of the events, and the listeners might not have realised it, but it's when we got the NFL Scotland team 
together in a room for the first time, all of us, you know, and, and that was in Edinburgh and we got together and we recorded a, a special podcast and and then just to be sociable, we went out for a few beers afterwards, which was rather nice. Didn't have Jim Ballard, we couldn't get him over from Ohio in time, but, you know, that that was nice because what that signified at the time was that, that it wasn't just you and me, you know, we're, we're, we've got a great team and I think that's one of the secrets of the success that we've got a great NFL Scotland team. So that uh, episodes that have proved very popular have been the NFL Scotland pishcasts, yeah, um, where where alcohol is taken and the gloves come off. Uh, I think they're wonderful. I think it would be one of these things that if you did it all the time, it'd be highly boring. Uh, but to do it, you know, once a year, perhaps twice a year, it, it, it's kind of good. I think that's what that's what makes these things fun. Uh, and just you know, seeing what people want us to talk about and, and interacting with with the you know the NFL Scotland listeners and community, and you know we've we've had events in Edinburgh and got together and met people, and I think you know that that's been the highlight. I mean, if you sold me on, on doing this this podcast back in 2018, I would not have thought we'd still be doing it to such success now. It's it's it has been, I mean, the the tear the teary word they would use in Hollywood is journey. Yeah. Um, so I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to go with that trope. But you know, we we have advanced things. And it's been great. What about yourself? I, I think what you touched on there is a really valid point. I think when we set this up, I thought, right, let's see how this goes. This could be fun for a while. Um, and we always said that we would continue to do this as long as people wanted it. And I think that the numbers have continued to grow for us every year. So that's great, uh, and that's something that we would love to continue to grow. But you know, to the people sitting listening to this, we love having you listen in. We love the interaction. We love people reaching out on Twitter. We love the live events. I think, you know, highlights for me was that first live event that we did at the Golf Tavern for week one of the 2019 season. I think it was, yeah, it was, because 2020, of course, was COVID year. Um, yep. But that week one event, having so many people attend it was tremendous. In fact, it was the 2018 season was the first time we did it because we started in the January 2018. So it would have been the the September of 2018 was the first time we did it. And I think we had 140 something people in the golf tavern getting together as a Scottish NFL community, watching the games together. And it was a great laugh. It was brilliant. Everybody really enjoyed it. Um, it just really good fun. And that, uh, that for me at that point made me go like, right, this is something that is good and that we should continue to, to do. And we've done that. We've continued to keep it going. Um, it is, it's something that I've thoroughly enjoyed. And I think the fact that we survived COVID as well, because we'd always met face to face to do this podcast. It was always done in a room. And I wondered, you know, at the point where we go to zoom, is it, is it going to be the same? Is it going to be a bit weird? Zoom, Zoom calls are not the same as face-to-face meetings. They just aren't. Yeah. But I think we've been able to maintain, hopefully the listeners agree, the, the conversation level in a way that it you wouldn't necessarily know we're not in the same room. And I think that that's something that's been really important as well. Like you say, the team, I think we've put together a great team. You know, Jamie Bothwick was on episode one. We had Ian Stephen, we had Charles, and we had Gordon as guests on early episodes. And right away after having them on, we spoke and went, we should see if they want to do more with us um, and become, first of all, semi-regulars. Then we extended that to the full team. Jim Ballard, obviously, part of that as well. And, and other people along the way, we've, we've launched a website. And the NFL Scotland website, it's got some great Scottish writers that do it all for the passion of the game. 
And that's brilliant as well. It's all about building the community. And I hope that's something that we've done. I hope that people feel like there is a Scottish NFL community and I hope they feel part of it. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's been great, and the, the other thing it's allowed us to do is is speak to people that we we wouldn't have been able to speak to. I mean, j- just off the top of my head, in UK terms, I mean, Nat Coombs and Mike Carlson, you know, t- two of the greats w- within the NFL broadcasting industry in this country. It's been great to to speak with both of them a couple of times, uh, reaching out to the states, Mark Sessler, uh, for the Around the NFL podcast, uh, Kevin Harlan you know, the broadcaster who was just unbelievably good. Um, you know, that, that that was a real highlight for me speaking to Kevin Harlan and just getting an insight into the world of broadcasting. Uh, not only of American football, he's a big basketball guy as well. And just such, you know, his his career path. And it, it was just tremendous to be able to share. And, and I'm not being funny when I say this. We share a lot of the same approach to broadcasting as, as it turned out. And that made it even even better, but I know he's way above the level I am, but it was just having that same approach was, was tremendous. Yeah. And I think the, if we think even about some of the, the folk from the States as well, we've had, you know, really early on Whitney Merciless, we were able to get, and, and one of the things that we've always tried to do with our interviews is you'll see that there's certain people will appear on multiple podcasts and that's great. You know, I think it's great to get them on the podcast. It's a great opportunity for people to speak to them. We've always tried to make sure that the interviews that we do and the people we have on have some kind of relevance to the conversation that we're having. Um, It's, we don't try and push too many interviews or anything like that. And that's purely because actually we quite enjoy sitting down and having a blender ourselves. But when the opportunity is there to have a great conversation with someone, we try and do it. Whitney Merciless, there was the tie back to him appear, uh, training with Hibs. So we had to speak to him about that. And it was great that we were able to reach out to the Texans. They fully engaged and so be it. I think, you know, personal highlight for me, I was lucky enough to go over to Cleveland and spend time with the Browns and spend time with Jamie Gillen on his journey uh, in that preseason game with the Lions to sit in the locker room after the game and go and get content with them. For me, an amazing experience, absolutely amazing experience, following David Ajabo's story from the point where he was in high school, right through college and now obviously at the Ravens. And the request is in with the Ravens for us to speak to him. As soon as we can, we'll speak to him. Um, <laughs> but it's been amazing to follow that story. We've also had Lawrence Tynes, two-time Super Bowl winner, a Scotsman. Oh, he, he was brilliant. He was yeah. brilliant. And, and, and it's been great, absolutely brilliant to have those guys. I think, uh, and I'm going to ask you your highlight in a, in a minute, but I think for me, though, the highlight, the episode's, Oh, I think I know your one because I think you've already alluded to it. But And I think I share with you that, that there was a particular one that we did with an interview with someone you mentioned that's very special. But the one other one that we did that I thoroughly enjoyed and I genuinely sat there, I think in an hour-long podcast, I spoke for under two minutes. And anyone that listens to this pod knows that it doesn't happen very often. But the conversation with Jim Ballard, Yo Murphy and Scott Cooper, as they shared their old stories about that Scottish Claymore World Bowl winning side and their time in Scotland... Um, from Jim and Yo's point of view. I loved that episode. You know, the Scottish Claymores, I went and saw them when I was young. I remember supporting Scott Cooper and, you know, favourite player, Scott Cooper. And then I'm sitting down in a conversation with these guys and genuinely I felt privileged to hear it. I loved that. I felt really, and a really important conversation to hear. Uh, and I hope people enjoyed it because I, I absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved it. Well, one of the things I was I was thinking, I mean, because it, it's easy done, is from if you're listening to this from our NFL Scotland Twitter account, we'll we'll retweet the link 
out to that particular podcast because it, it, it was brilliant. And perhaps the Kevin Harlan one as well at some point in July, just if you miss them, it's a great way to catch up. Uh, I mean, we could mention so many people, but I mean, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Jeff Reinbold either. Uh, Jeff is just one of these great guys who's embraced the UK. Uh, people love him wherever he goes. It's tremendous. And, uh, you know, he gave up his time to come on this this podcast and, and it was brilliant. He, he brings a different angle to everything. And, uh, yeah, Jeff was a real highlight as well. Yes, there's been lots. And we probably will have missed a bunch of people that we've spoken to that we should mention. JJ uh, Zacharias, and I think, came on and did a couple of fantasy oh, football pods. Yeah. Great to get his insight on that stuff as well. You know, it's been it's been brilliant to have the engagement from people as well. I, I can't think... We've not had anybody turn us down either. We've not had anybody say, I'm really sorry, guys, but no, I don't want to do this. Um, and we pick and choose people intentionally for that purpose. We don't want to be in the place where we're regularly getting people saying, no thanks, lads. Um, we'll sit and wait our turn and we'll wait our opportunity and we'll continue to do so. You know, it's it's important, I think, for us to get that Scottish slant on on American football and that's why we exist. If If you want to get proper analysis from the experts there's some amazing podcasts out there with you know they read the league ones my particular favorite and these are guys that are super plugged into the the communications and the game and have always supported it but for us trying to do the Scottish land I think it's important that we retain that identity uh, and that's what we strive to do yeah and as you alluded to earlier in the podcast you are working behind the scenes of, of how we're going to bring the NFL to Scottish listeners and beyond. You know, we, you know, we've got some good listeners in other parts of the world as well. But we always like to have that little Scottish slant. So we are working hard on that, and uh, we'll probably have more details in August when we're able to to talk about that. But I mean, the season's not that far away. At the end of the day, if once we get through through July, you know, you've got that little time in in August, and before you know it, Scott Hansen will be telling us how many days till NFL Red Zone, and we can get right <laughs> right back out there. You know, and then the other thing. That we, that we do, and I think it's probably worth worth noting if people haven't listened to us before, is because of our 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 background and our interest in broadcasting. I think we probably talk as well as as anybody about the broadcasting side of the game, um, which which we take a great interest in. Um, and there's obviously a lot of shuffling going on, um, so it's going to be a very fascinating uh, time coming up next season. Yes, Amazon announcing more of the Thursday night football lineup. It is going to be fascinating. How do the dynamics shift? How do the relationships work with some of the new combinations that have been put together? So I'm really interested to see how that goes. The one other thing I think that we've been really lucky to do, like I see, I touched on it earlier, is the live events and the people that have supported the live events, be that people that have come along. And also some of the, you know, the Golf Tavern, we have to give them a shout. Committee room number nine in Glasgow Brown, that event sold out in four days which was tremendous for us to do that. I also have to thank Loch Lomond Whiskies. I mean, absolutely amazing what they've um, done with sponsorship for us this year. And what an amazing opportunity to, to give that back to the people that listen to this podcast and that engage on social media. And that's something that we intend to continue to do. Any opportunity that we can get to give back to the people that listen, it's all coming back to you, but it's not coming to us. Um, you know, Bob Ags got involved this year, which is brilliant. There's been so many people engaged with us along the way. And this is something that we want to continue to grow. Stuart Brewing, you know, we did a couple of um, live event and boxes with them. That's been tremendous. 
I think, you know, as we look into the season ahead, we're going to try and see how we can further expand that. Um, we've had our range of clothing available through Sonsi Face. So, you know, things like that. And we've had numerous people design for us that um, have come up with some of the designs. We did the very limited edition Claymore's t-shirt that people loved. Uh, it fully sold out, which is great. So, you know, we will continue to look for opportunities like that to bring unique takes and experiences. Um, but I would love for people to share what they would like from this as well. I think that we got some really good feedback when we asked for it earlier, including, and it has been fed back to Mr. Patterson, too much Packers chat. So you, we've one commitment we're going to make now, it's going to be less Packers chat, although it's going to be a challenge because they're in bloody London this year. So well, we were <laughs> that week get doesn't this, count. <laughs> well, we, we were going to get a separate sponsor for that segment, you know. Because you know the Bonnie Sauce Company Green Bay Packers suite of of, of of opinions or something like that. So yeah, it it is. But yeah, we've had good feedback. Not too late to give us some more. Um, the only thing we will say is that neither Cameron and I are going anywhere. So please don't pop that in. <laughs> yeah, get rid of by those pop, by popular demand or not. It's not happening. <laughs> Um, but yeah, lots lots coming up there as well. Uh, a couple of other things to just chat about as well before we wrap up here. If you are around, if you're a Bengals fan uh, and you're around on Saturday the 9th of July, the Bengals UK um, group are having a fan meetup, a summer party um, at Belfield Tap Room in Edinburgh on Saturday, July 9th, like I say. Uh, Belfield Tap Room is at Stanley Place in Edinburgh, EH75TB if you want to find it on a map. Free entry from 4 until 10 o'clock. Uh, and we talked about Loch Lomond whiskies there. We are putting up one of the very limited edition bottles of whiskey that we had with a special engraving to commemorate the Who Day UK uh, meetup in Edinburgh. So make sure that you head along. Now, we have spoken to them and they have said that fans of other teams are very welcome to attend if they want to as well. No Steelers fans, though, and I think that's fair. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a couple of things. I can't go because I'm on holiday, so I'm now safe to say what I'm going to say. It's the <laughs> earliest it's the earliest end of season get-together that, uh, that I've ever heard of, but <laughs> only joking. And we did try to get our, our Ravens correspondent to go along, but he's pleading. I think it's either insanity or unavailability. It's one of the two. So, yeah, do come along. I'm going to be along there myself. I need to go and drop off this bottle of whiskey, which will be given away on the day. Do come along and join the guys for a beer if you want, especially if you're a Bengals fan. Make sure you come along to it. Head down to Edinburgh. Hopefully the heat wave's hitting by then. We'll be able to sit outside, have a bit of food. There is booze, food. There is going to be cornhole. And there's surprise guests as well. I don't know who they are. I've been fishing. I've been trying to find mm -hmm. out. It's not Alex Kappa. I know that. He's had to move on from Edinburgh. I, when he was in, when he was here, I was like, oh, I wonder. But no, it's not. Um, so I will continue to fish and see what I can find out. But yeah, do head along. It should be a good afternoon. Uh, and if you've got any event that you're organising, let us know. Happy to promote these things. We want to let people know that there's things going on that are NFL related. So if you've got a fan get together or a game of flag in the park that you just want to open up to anybody, if there's any of the BAFA teams out there want us to promote their games, you know, check out all of the teams because there's plenty of schedules, uh, sorry, plenty of matches on the schedule coming up as they are well through their season at the moment. But, you know, it's all about the love of American football. So anything that we can do to help, happy to do so. Okay. Uh, Anything else that you want to cover before we wrap up for today? 
Uh, no, I, it's possibly worth noting I'm going to do my usual trawl of places when I'm away to try and dig up more prizes for us. Um, you know, we, we are not for profit. Any, anything we make goes back into buying stuff uh, and chucking that on our prize pile. So there'll be plenty of giveaways at the start of the season, hopefully. Absolutely. But that is then the full-time whistle for episode 193 and our last before our summer break. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this in every single episode. Continue to share your thoughts at Scotland NFL on Twitter and you can search for NFL Scotland on Facebook. Look out in July for a couple of links on Twitter to the interviews that we mentioned. A couple of great things if you missed them. My thanks to Cameron Hobbs. Sleep deprived, Cameron Hobbs is his new nickname. Hopefully he'll get a lot of rest in July. All the best to you for your summer from everybody at the Scotland NFL team. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.